Welcome to the Colorful Clipboard, where we discuss the building blocks of making dough in childcare. I'm Kate. And I'm Carrie. Welcome back to Colorful Clipboard. And we are so excited because today we actually have a guest with us. And uh, Carrie and I have known today's guest for what feels like forever. Um, but we've worked with her professionally over the last few years. And it is something that I know Carrie has had a lot of experience with uh, in her time as a, a child care center owner. And we really thought that uh, we wanted to make sure that everybody who listens to Colorful Clipboard had an opportunity to start to create their own secret weapon. Uh, and that is figuring out how to get uh, the, the media or the press to come to your center uh, when good things are happening, not just if you somehow made the news. <laughs> uh, so Amy King, uh, Amy, tell us a little bit about you, what you do, and uh, we will kind of go from there. All right. Thank you so much for having me. It is my pleasure to be here today and talk a little bit about marketing and PR. I own Making a Scene, which started as a solely social media marketing business where I was also doing PR on the side, but I have mainly moved into doing PR for people. So I love to write press releases and help you, as you said, get the good news out there because there are always angles that you can find that the media will be interested in that say good things about your center and not, as Kate also said, when you quote unquote, make the news. Absolutely. So Carrie, um, think back to when you had uh, your centers and there would be issues that popped up in the community that you knew you wanted to be attached to. How did you come up with those? What prompted you to, to move that into thinking about even calling the newspaper or the television station? Like what, how did, how did that button click? Um, I mean, for me, I'm just much more comfortable with publicity than I was with advertising when I started. <laughs> so um, I would be paying attention to what the media was covering related to children. So if there was a new bill being passed or um, city ordinance that had to do with children or childcare, I wanted to weigh in so that people saw me as an expert. So I did a lot of that. And then I also was like, what were my values? What were my advocacy issues? And I had a different one for each of my four centers. And whenever there was something related to that advocacy issue, I would uh, make sure that people knew about it. So, so Carrie talked about how when she first decided to start including public relations into her marketing plan, that what she ended up doing was um, basically trying to position herself as the expert. And that works. Um, but Amy, how can um, child care centers um, use other things that are happening around town or even get people to come out and check out their center when it's not just trying to position related to the child care industry. Does that make sense? It does, because I think you always want to invest in your community. That is a huge buzzword today, but it's also really important. It's important for any type of school to be invested in their community from child care centers to, you know, any kind of preschool to the school districts. They want to be invested in their community. So a big way to do that is actually with social media and to keep your social media going. 
Facebook and Instagram are the big two that the majority of people are looking at right now for things like these groups. And so the more that you can say about your center and the more interesting your feed is and showing them what you really do, because I think a lot of people make assumptions. I know a lot of people, and I know this is a bad word in the industry, but a lot of people call them daycare centers. And you want to show people that the assumptions that people drop their kids off and they get babysitting for eight hours is really untrue and that there's robust curriculum and that the kids are getting hands-on learning and they're having experiences. The more you can show that on social media, the more followers you will get. And you'll notice that you begin to get community followers that have nothing to do with your center. It's also an excellent way to draw in donors and to draw in people that you can have come speak at your center and to bring even more experiences to your group. Okay, so we're talking social media. And Carrie gave us an example of how she used um, at least community initiatives or community things around um, the around childcare and how to position herself as an expert. And, um, you know, we've talked about social media on Colorful Clipboard in the past. And so when you start thinking about um, social media in the terms of public relations, what would be some different approaches perhaps than, you know, maybe what people have already done? Like, I know folks post to social media when they have an opening in a classroom, when they, you know, maybe have a guest speaker or something like that. What might be some other things they may want to include that is more um, goodwill or press versus the things that will really draw people in are things that surprise them honestly it doesn't take a whole lot to surprise people like I said there are you already have for people who have not sent their children to any sort of care center or preschool you know they have assumptions but even if you can just make it part of your day to post one thing a day that you did, that will start to draw in people. It can be, oh, look, we're making a craft with pumpkins today during the Thanksgiving holiday. Or, oh, look, we made a thankful tree. And all the kids wrote what they're thankful for on the leaves. And then we put them up. And then look at all these things that our center is thankful for. It makes a large splash on the wall. Always advertise if you're having any sort of outreach to the community, yes, you definitely want new students and new customers for your business. But the more that you can make that look like community outreach, and I know right now we're in a different time, but if you ever have any sort of open house, don't just invite potential clients or the people that you see as potential clients. Invite the community, invite your neighborhood. You never know who knows who. And they may bring you more potential clients, even if they're just grandparents or they're single or they just really wanted to have a look inside of your school. Oh, you know, that's a great point. So Carrie, I know that when you have had centers and I know all your different centers had different advocacy issues that uh, you were passionate about and that sometimes, depending on the center, when you guys did big community events, you invited everybody, um, not just, you know, the parents. Um, how would you suggest a child care center start to include their community? In other words, what would be some things that would be key in um, as far as looking at related to that kind of uh, involvement within a community? I mean, I think related to social media, there's probably neighborhood social media groups. Uh, I know Facebook has them for just about every neighborhood or subdivision, maybe not a whole neighborhood, but for the subdivision. 
Um, or if you live in a smaller town, they may have it for the town, and you can post on that. What are those called, Kate? Um, anyway, there's neighborhood or city groups on Facebook. Um, marketplace, that was the word that was escaping me. So the, the neighborhood marketplace is a way to get it out there via social media. Um, you can do the same thing on other types of social media, Instagram. I presume there's a way on TikTok, although we know I'm not up on the TikToks. Uh, <laughs> but um, you can also put it as an ad in, again, the neighborhood HOA or the local newspaper. But one of my favorites is very old fashioned, but it works because people have a feeling of nostalgia for it, which is giving each of your uh, enrolled families an invitation for themselves, a paper invite, and giving them two others that they can share with other people or tickets. Like, we'll open this up and you can invite three other people. So here's your four tickets, one for you and one for three friends. Okay, so I love that. And so, Amy, um, so for those of you who haven't figured out, we've got a little technical issue for today. For so for whatever reason, Carrie and Amy can't hear each other, but they can both hear me. And so Carrie just talked about one of her favorite ways to um, invite people to a community event being held at her center. And that was using... Um, kind of an old fashioned ticket and even using that currently because again, it's something that's tangible that can go up on somebody's refrigerator. Um, when using a flyer or a ticket or an invitation, Amy, what would be some things that uh, a childcare center, especially if you've not done this before, may want to make sure that they're including um, in something is that simple to get the word out. So this would be the time for a press release. And a lot of times people think press releases are very complicated and they are actually very simple. You don't need quite as much information in one these days because we have so much social media and other ways to spread the word. When it was going to be printed only, you needed a lot more. I kind of call them mini releases and a lot of my connections in the media are used to these. And so they like them because it's narrowed down. And really all you need to do is just start to make relationships. Ask your families and parents who they're connected to, or if you have a family or parent that's in the media or that is a PR director, get with them. They will have contacts and they can help you. But also there's absolutely nothing wrong with sending a press release to the main. Um, a lot of our news stations here in Austin just have an email address that is news at their station, they will get those and they are diligent about looking at those. So you want to include in this the name of the event and it's kind of funny, but you want to make it sound really awesome. So give your event an awesome name. Oh, I love awesome names. I think awesome names are huge and and fun and interesting and, and dynamic and, and not just so-and-so's open house. Exactly. So, you know, give it an awesome name. One of them that I was working on today was the Blue Bonnet Boogie and Wildflower Wiggle and the kids are going to plant wildflower seeds and after they sprinkle them, they're going to dance on top of the dirt to, to drive them in. So give it a cool name. You 
You want, of course, the date and time and the address and where it is. And you want to give a really short synopsis that makes people want to attend. So if you're having refreshments or if you're having games, anything like that, be sure and include it. And I always put at the bottom of any press release that I write for any group that the media is always welcome at fill in your business name. So you send that around to the media, but then you also have Instagram and you have Facebook. You create Facebook invitations and you send it to all of your parents and you encourage them to share it. Then have your employees send it to all of their friends. Make it feel like this is a family and community event and that everyone is invited. Oh, so family and community is all about what we're all about with child care centers. And so Carrie, I know that you have always tried to pull even your multiple locations in together to being there to support each other and, um, you know, have had, you know, events and activities and hands-on workshops. But how does, what do you think was key to getting the media to come and to show up? Was it, was it your connections? And if so, how did you make those connections? I know that I, we get that question a lot is, well, how do I know who to call or where do I find them? I mean, I think the biggest thing is commenting on their other stories. Um, If they feel like they have a relationship with you, then they're more likely to respond when you reach out to them about something. Okay, so you're saying, let me just make sure I got this right. So what your suggestion is, is that um, if there's a reporter who covers things that I think they may be of, of interest of what my program does, I would actually follow them on social media and engage with them in social media, even if I don't know them? Absolutely. Um, and there's a tool called Help a Reporter Out, Um, And that's another way when they're looking for feedback on an article, um, you can help them uh, get the information or get the soundbite they need uh, for their news story. Okay, so I love that idea. And I know that I have worked with um, specifically after school programs that have um, kind of worked to watch uh, not just, you know, everything that kind of comes through the news that may be family or youth related or even uh, you and I've joked about it before, right? The the days of the month and all the different days of the month. So, so Amy, if you were going to give advice to a small business, a child care center, a program that has youth involvement, um, what might you suggest? to them as far as a way to tie in what they do to some current event. So I'm going to use, just because Carrie and I were literally just talking about this, um, December 8th is National Brownie Day. How could a, a, a an after-school program, a child care center, use that day as a way to kind of reach out to the media? Well, I like also what Carrie said about how you form these relationships and you comment on those. And also, I wanted to add to that really quickly, and then I promise I'll answer your question, that people who have retired from the media are also amazing contacts. I work with one man who he worked for KXAN and he can still put things on their news board. And so he will put things on their news board for me. And that's another great way to connect because you never know who your parents and grandparents are. So always look into them. All right. So something like National Brownie Day. We all love those. We see them all over social media. I have one friend that actually tries to do the majority of them with her daughter. And so something like brownies are really, really popular with people. And you could easily even almost have a fundraiser that you could invite people to. You could have a bake sale. You could have anything. So you create your awesome event around brownies. And then you start 
a couple of months in advance of when this brownie day is, and you start looking around at the different news stories and the different news stations. Um, you kind of, you can usually get it off their website. You don't necessarily have to watch the news. And you start looking at the ones that might be interested in things like these days of the year that we have. And when you find some things about that, you start sending them emails or the specific newscasters, as Carrie had said, you start trying to form a relationship with them, follow them on social media, send them emails. But a really good way to draw interest around something like a brownie day would be to make it a fundraiser for a cause. We And make it something that your kids would really get into. Something like, we're going to sell brownies for 50 cents outside of our care center today and all the money we raise is going to go to the local animal shelter. You can even have a vote with your kids, pick something they really care about, and then also a wonderful way to finish off the media for an event like that is after you've raised your money and had your bake sale outside and all the money is going to go to the animal shelter, you take three or four kids over to the animal shelter, show them donating their money from their bake sale, and then you have even more of a story and you can go back. You don't necessarily have to have the media there when it happens. If you can get them, it's great. But you have a full circle at that point. And when the people that you have made these relationships with see that you're good at these full media circles, they will start to look at you and your social media for what is coming up. Ah, so um, so I love your example of using the full circle and taking National Brownie Day from baking brownies to selling brownies out front to using that money to donate to the local animal shelter. And we all know, unfortunately, you know, animals get a huge, uh, huge amount of press. So um, I think that's a great place to start to think about what are some organizations um, in your community that, that do well, right? That, yeah. that are getting that press, right? That live bandwagon. Yeah. So whose bandwagon can you jump on? <laughs> exactly. exactly. Yeah. So because again, building that network. So my suggestion, and I'm sure Carrie and Amy has ideas about this too, but uh, first of all, make a list. Um, whether it's it's an email or snail, paper and pencil, of all the different people who you see who cover things that you think were interesting. So it might be a morning talk show. It might be um, a newspaper. It might be the local newspaper. Um, I really find that local newspapers are great uh, to send the press release and a photo after the event as well. And again, um, Amy talked about the full circle. So um, making sure that you've, you know, you send them one before, but you also send them one afterwards. Um, but then start to develop that list. And what I found interesting is following, uh, especially now that we have social media and we know where people go, you can start to follow um, news personalities as they move across the country. And sometimes that's really good because you can still, if you have a relationship with them, you might get them to, um, pitch your story um, in a back to the people here. So like if they've moved to Charlotte, North Carolina, uh, obviously, well, not necessarily, depending on what you've got going on, they may cover you, but <laughs> you may not want them covering you in Charlotte, but um, they might be really good about that connection that Amy talked about. So um, I think it's important to not necessarily unfollow somebody because they've moved to, to Tampa or to Charlotte, but because you never know where you may end up um, or where your families may come from. Exactly. And you gave me another idea, actually, Kate, when you were talking about lists, 
it's really important that you do not get rid of your contact information for past students. That is a treasure trove. Of course, you're not going to send them every informational email from now on, but you move them to a list that is for special events and fundraisers, and you invite them, and you invite them for years to come. Our children's preschool still invites us, and my daughter is a freshman at UT. And you remember them, though, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, Carrie, um, some of the what are some of the different examples that your programs have done as far as advocacy? I loved Amy's connection with animals um, and the local animal shelter. What might be something that might be more um, in line with children and families that you've done with your centers in the past? Well, I mean, we did the September 11th cooking stuff for firefighters and police officers. That has just gone, you know, we're past that at this point in the year. But that was one that's very easy to get press for. Um, and that if you share it on social media, your parents are going to share it on um, a lot because it's a picture of their kid doing well and it reflects so well on them. Um, we've done gardening. Um, we've done food drives. Um, I think food drives are one of the most, uh, they're the most done, but they're also pretty impactful if you tie it to the right time of year. Like everybody does them at Thanksgiving, so don't do one at Thanksgiving. <laughs> um, so look for the off season of, um, again, if you're going to follow somebody else's, I'm going to call them coattails, you don't necessarily want to do it when everybody else is doing it as well. Right. Like if you're doing a toy drive at, for the local um, blue Santa, brown Santa, whatever color the Santa is in your community where um, people collect toys to give to children who, uh, whose parents may not be able to give them toys for Christmas, you need to be doing that the first, like at kickoff. So you need to be collecting the presents before kickoff day so that on kickoff day, you have a story about your kids doing well, doing something good in the community. Um, I love gardening um, and having projects where the kids can donate any excess food or where it ties into um, uh, them teaching the parents how to eat something like Good Lord knows that if you have children and they garden some zucchini, they're going to get a lot more zucchini than anybody can actually eat <laughs> and that you can eat <laughs> in your program. So they're going to want to share their zucchini and take it home. So having a demonstration where the children teach the parents how to make zucchini chips um, is a great um, photo opportunity uh, for the center because it's showing that. I love that. So some of the things that we've had that clients not do in the past. But... <laughs> <laughs> so in the past, we've had some child care centers that have gotten, you know, passionate about bicycle safety. So they've done the bicycle rodeos. Um, we've had others that have done, that have partnered with the local the fire car station. Seat rodeo, car seats, the yep. car seat rodeo. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yes. So um, we've also talked. did the fire safety, the fire safety and the fire truck comes out and it's open to the whole community and they give out smoke alarms and 
uh, practice crawling under smoke that is made from dry ice and all of that. Yep, yep. And so those are things that I think that sometimes childcare centers go, oh, that's been done. Well, but go back and actually look at how long ago it's been done. And is it just feels done to you because you remember doing it as a kid when we start talking about nostalgia. And, you know, I mean, that's what I think of every time I see a firefighter in a classroom is because I really remember those days as a kid. Um, The same thing with a dentist and stuff like that. So again, look at your community, look at what's happening into the community. If there are some community needs, new businesses, Um, we've always got reading programs. There's all kinds of programs that as a childcare center, you can get passionate about. Um, The only thing I would suggest, and Amy, if you have a, if you have a, a different school of thought, but my biggest thought on this is don't become associated with everything. <laughs> Maybe pick a couple of things or like things right. that you become passionate about as a program. You are right. You need to make your calendar and you can have four or five things, but they need to, you need to make them part of who your school is. And it may take a little while to establish them, but yes, it's really important to not, you can try a bunch for a couple of years, but you need to narrow it down and make these things annual and make these things what people look forward to. I was looking at Carrie's comments too, because like you said, we can't hear each other. And gardening is a huge one of those. It is it brings parents and grandparents and community members together. It's something that's not really hard to start. It can start small. It can be a container garden, but that you can grow and that you can have for years to come. So when you're kind of narrowing down your list, try to pick things that are very, very sustainable that won't cause you a huge amount of work as they grow. Absolutely. And um, another example that we've had in the past is a childcare program that had um, a, 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 a child who was a student with the program who had um, a life-threatening condition. And that particular year, all of the teachers got together and they got matching shirts and they became a, a team at one of the walks for that uh, particular um, condition. And what's been great is now after 14 years, that center still does that walk. And now it's parents and it's kids and it's the kid who was that kid who was the inspiration. Oh, wow. And, you know, so it, it's become a thing that about every five years now, they've um, they've kind of made a bigger deal about it. So they're about to approach year 15. And so they're talking about trying to figure out all the cool ways they can um, include the, the, the child um, who's now a high school student and um, all of the families who've ever been with that program. So when you go out to these walks, it's now not just eight staff wearing right. the program shirt. <laughs> it's now 60, 70, 80 people wearing the program shirt all in the memory of that one kid who is actually now leading the charge. And so that's amazing because that grows you in the media as well. Um, they can see that this is a long-standing event and that is something they're looking for also. And it has a tie directly to your center and directly to a specific family. And it's a wonderful, wonderful human interest story as well as a walk. Absolutely. And they didn't start the walk. So I mean, what's beautiful about that, right? So you, you pay your, you know, you pay your 
your entry fees, you do your external fundraising that usually comes with that on those walks. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, you get to communicate, not just, uh, you know, within your small town or, you know, maybe it's bigger, um, you know, for the most part, our examples are all from the Austin, Texas area. So although this was in a suburb, it was picked up by the suburban newspaper, but it was also picked up by the major metropolitan newspaper, um, at least during year 10. So, so Carrie, any other things? We're kind of at the, the end of today's call and it's been a little weird because you can only hear me. <laughs> But um, what would you like to say related to press releases, helping centers get media coverage? What's If you could give them two Monday morning action plans, things they can do between Thursday and Monday, what would you tell them? Watch the news on your favorite TV station in the morning and at the 6 o'clock news and see who you like, who you'd like to establish a relationship with and start sending them emails or Instagram comments or Twitter responses, however they like to be communicated with, and start establishing a relationship with a reporter. Oh, so I love that. So one of my favorite books ever is Dig Your Well Before You're Thirsty, and that's exactly what you're telling them to do here. Start their network before they need it. Amy, same thing from you. If you could give two pieces of advice for child care center directors, owners, operators to do today that they can take action with by Monday, what would you tell them to do? I would tell them to designate one person to be in charge of researching media opportunities in their area. And then I would say, ask this person in the next four days to do a lot of Google searching on all of the news websites and even have them get creative, have them look for other sites that have to do with children. We used to have one in Austin, it's gone now, but called Free Fun for Children. Have them research all those sites and come back to you with an email list. Okay, so one last thing for both of you to think about. Um, we are, um, you know, taping today's call um, is still in the middle of COVID. And I realize that some of the suggestions and ideas and things that we've talked about may have been obviously pre-COVID when you start talking about community carnivals and stuff like that. Right. Um, and I know that um, we worked with Amy, Amy closely during um, the launch of COVID and uh, being able to figure out how to support our child care centers and why child care centers weren't considered essential workers. So off that soapbox, um, <laughs> what I <laughs> what I'd like you to do is if there's anything that we need to tell them to think about in the world of COVID related to getting their press or things that should be covered, what are your thoughts about where we are today? People forget how important childcare is until a center has to close down because there has been COVID exposure at the center, at which point childcare is the most important thing in the world. So we need to help people remember how important childcare is, even when there's not an emergency. And we do that by constantly educating our clients about the important work that we do and continuing to educate thought leaders about that as well and sharing information from people as disparate as The Rock to Oprah, to Maria Montessori, um, sharing other people saying that childcare is important and early childhood education is important. So I, I think we have to continue to stay present in people's minds. So full disclosure, 
I am also the PTO president at an elementary school. So I have very close experience with COVID and what that has done to education and just um, what you can do during this. So we have had to get super creative with the way that we take care of and reward our teachers, as well as trying to continue to have community events because they are so important, especially during this time. So I just wanted to tell you a couple of examples and people can steal these for their childcare centers as well, because one of them I think is actually really, really entertaining. We are hosting a drive-in movie for parents and families that is coming up in November. A lot of people are doing that right now. So that's kind of our normal one. But our other one is we are having a drive by with Santa. People will enter the parking lot. They will get a bingo card to play bingo in your car. So do you have these items in your car and see if they can have a bingo? Typically, this event would be bingo night for us at our school. And then they will drive on through, get a treat bag, wave to Santa, and then they will mail their letter to Santa in a very ornate mailbox. And then the event will be done. But we've also had a couple of other drive-through type things and they've worked extremely well. Parents are so excited. They're just excited to see teachers and staff and other PTO members and friends and just to kind of have a place to go. So, so is there any Santa selfies? <laughs> well, if they can figure out how, but Santa will be masked and standing back from there. So whatever they can, they can figure out. And, you know, we did that for our senior walk last year. We made a frame and we took selfies of, of the seniors that came back to our elementary school. But it's just about being as creative as you can. We can't have gatherings of more than 10 still. And so you have to keep people moving and keep people in their cars. And as far as like rewarding the teachers, a local coffee company came, set up outside the school and the teachers socially distanced and wore masks and were able to get all the specialty coffee drinks they wanted. But yes, it's about trying to stay within these rules, just getting super creative, but making parents and families and even your community feel included because your community members are watching. And if they see a really cool drive-through going on at your school, they'll be interested. And then the media may start watching you as well. That is so great. I love all of the creative events that everybody's uh, coming up with and the drive-ins and all of that. So just to remember, if you do something like a drive-in or even depending on what you do as your drive-through, double check to make sure that you are aware if there's any licensing or anything, um, what I mean by licensing, movie licensing, if you're going to show it up on a big screen, yes. you know, there's definitely some, <laughs> big, some things yes. you need to keep in mind. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> so awesome. So if you guys ever have any questions or you have additional questions for Amy, make sure you come back and um, reach out to us at hello at colorfulclipboard.com. And with that, we appreciate Amy for joining us this afternoon. Get out there and make people aware of what you have to offer at your program and that you are the expert in this area. Awesome. Thank you, everybody. We look forward to talking to you next week. Thank you for listening to Colorful Clipboards. Connect with us on social media at Colorful Clipboard or send us an email to hello at Colorful Clipboards. Send us your voicemail with your own questions and stories. If you want to keep learning with us, visit Texas Director where we continue to have seminars, licensing, programs, and more. This show has been made by me, Carrie Casey, and Kate Young with assistance from Hallie Casey and Marie Young. If you learned something today, share the show. <laughs>